Our second scripture reading today comes to us from Matthew 21, verses 1 through 11. In your pew Bibles, you can find it on page 1,531. Matthew 21, verses 1 through 11. As they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethpage on the the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and at once you will find a donkey tied there, with her colt by her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, tell him that the Lord needs them, and he will send them right away. This took place to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet. Say to the daughter of Zion, See, your king comes to you, gentle and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. The disciples went and did as Jesus had instructed them. They brought the donkey and the colt, placed their cloaks on them, and Jesus sat on them. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road, while others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. The crowds that went ahead of him and those that followed shouted, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. When Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred and asked, Who is this? The crowds answered, This is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. These are the words of our Lord Jesus Christ. May they produce in you a victorious shout of Hosanna. In the year 71 AD, Titus, general of the Roman army, entered into Rome victorious after he had laid siege to Jerusalem, destroying the city and its temple. Because of his victory, he was granted what was known as a triumph by Caesar. A triumph was a procession into Rome as a hero to be celebrated. It would begin outside the city where many people would stand there cheering, welcoming Titus back home. At the head of this procession would be the Senate, displaying their approval of this hero. And they would be followed by loud trumpeters grabbing the attention of the people from miles away. Then came carts full of the spoils of war. There would be gold and silver and precious stones. And next would come white bulls. These bulls would be used as a sacrifice to give thanks to the gods that had helped Titus gained his victory. And then Jewish insignias such as the menorah and the Pentateuch were paraded around. And these were followed closely by captured prisoners, demonstrating the disgrace of the nation. Some of these prisoners would later be executed in the forum during this time of celebration. Next would come Titus's bodyguard. These were his best soldiers that stood close by him. They were loyal unto death. And then came Titus himself, riding high upon his chariot, displaying his power and authority. 
And he was accompanied by his father, Vespasian, who was Caesar at that time, and along with his brother, Domitian. And following Titus's chariot would be his legion of soldiers. They weren't dressed in armor, though. They were wearing togas and wreaths, indicating both victory and peace to the nation. And to top it all off, this triumph would be commemorated with the erection of a monument, the Arch of Titus, which still stands to this day. This was the custom in the first century AD. Heroes and emperors, they were celebrated. They would be welcomed into the city by their people with great fanfare and praise. This chariot that Titus sat high upon indicated his power and control. And these heroes, they were lauded and worshipped as patrons and as gods. General Titus was no exception. He was loved by the people, and he would eventually go on to become Caesar after his father's death. Today is Palm Sunday. It is a day when the true king entered into his city. How would he be greeted? Who would laud and praise him? What type of fanfare did the king of kings and lord of lords receive? From our scripture reading, we begin to grasp some of the differences between Titus's entrance into Rome and Jesus's entrance into Jerusalem. Unlike Titus, there was no Senate leading the way, giving their approval of this hero. Sure, Israel didn't have a Senate, but where were the Sadducees and the Pharisees, the so-called religious leaders of the Jews? And unlike Titus, there were no white bulls to be sacrificed. Yet we all know that there was a sacrifice in this procession the precious Lamb of God. Unlike Titus, there were no spoils of war or prisoners to be executed. But there was one who would be crucified as a criminal. And unlike Titus, there was no chariot for Jesus to sit high upon in order to show off and display his power. Just a lowly donkey saddled with cloaks. Unlike Titus, Jesus didn't have an army following behind him. But he did have his 12 disciples, though one of them turned out to be a traitor. And Jesus did not have the emperor or his brother sitting next to him. Yet he was in perfect communion with his Father and the Holy Spirit. Titus, he had his arch as a memorial, which stands to this day. Jesus' memorial would be erected outside the city walls. Instead of a monument of honor, the cross was a symbol of death and shame. This was the fanfare of our Lord as he entered into his city. And this was the pomp that followed him. Let's take a closer look at our passage, verses 1 through 5. As they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethpage on the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, 
And at once you will find a donkey tied there with her colt by her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, tell him that the Lord needs them, and he will send them right away. This took place to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet. Say to the daughter of Zion, See, your king comes to you, gentle and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. Jesus and his twelve disciples, they were outside the city on the Mount of Olives, and it was the beginning of Passover week, when thousands had traveled to Jerusalem to celebrate. These crowds learned that Jesus would soon be entering the city, so they lined up along the road outside the city gate. We know from John's gospel that news had spread about Jesus raising Lazarus from the dead. And more and more people were starting to believe that this Jesus was their Messiah. Yet their religious leaders had grown jealous and have hardened their hearts. They sat inside the city and they plotted with one another on how to kill this so-called Messiah. Jesus, he was aware of all of this. He knew how he would be welcomed when he entered into the city. As a king to the lowly and as an adversary to the powerful. But why enter in on a donkey? Why not get a war horse? Or better yet, a chariot like Titus. Jesus is God after all. And shouldn't his entrance be just as grand, if not grander? Verse 4 says that all of this took place to fulfill what the prophet spoke. We saw this in our first scripture reading from today. Turn in your Bibles to Zechariah chapter 9, verses 9 and 10. Zechariah 9, verses 9 and 10. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, daughter of Jerusalem. See, your king comes to you, righteous and having salvation, gentle and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. I will take away the chariot from Ephraim and the war horses from Jerusalem, and the battle bow will be broken. He will proclaim peace to the nations, His rule will extend from sea to sea and from the river to the ends of the earth. You see, Jesus comes to you bringing peace. He doesn't come with a great display of power. He doesn't enter in as he could, lording it over you with authority from on high. Rather, he humbles himself and rides on a lowly donkey. War horses... And chariots are not needed. He speaks peace to the nations, and his rule is from sea to sea, from the river to the ends of the earth. And his righteousness and his salvation he brings to mankind. This is how our Lord enters into his city. And this is why Jesus sent his disciples to go fetch him a donkey and a colt. For he is a prince of peace. He doesn't bring this peace. He doesn't bring this peace about by means of the sword or through war 
Instead, the blood that would be shed would be his own. This peace that he brings comes at his own cost. Verses 6 through 9. The disciples went and did as Jesus had instructed them. They brought the donkey and the colt, placed their cloaks on them, and Jesus sat on them. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road, while others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. The crowds that went ahead of him and those that followed shouted, Hosanna to the son of David! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord! Hosanna in the highest! <clears throat> so they brought these animals to Jesus and he, they saddled them with their own cloaks. And then we see a unique thing occur. As he rode into the city, the crowds gathered outside to welcome him. Jesus' fame had spread far and wide due to his teaching and his miracles, particularly the raising of Lazarus from the dead. These people recognized these signs and believed Jesus to be their Messiah. He was their king, and they were now proclaiming it. This is why they laid down their cloaks. It was a sign of respect and dignity. The king should not dirty his feet. The poor, those who did not own cloaks, instead they would cut down the palm branches and use them to create a clean pathway. Modern day saying we have is rolling out the red carpet. Yeah. And uh, we mostly see this in Hollywood, right? But the tradition, it goes back to a time of royalty when kings and queens walked on red carpets to display their own dignity. But there's no red carpet for our Lord. Instead, the people used what was available to them. So they spread out their cloaks and they cut down the palm branches as a sign of recognition and honor for their Messiah. And the crowds were shouting, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. What a theologically rich welcome that came from the mouths of these people that were standing on the streets. There are four things to note here. And the first is the word Hosanna. Now this isn't a Greek word. Rather, it's a combination of two Hebrew words. And the only place that these two words can be found together in the Old Testament is in Psalm 118, verse 25. To give you a fuller context, I'll, I'll start reading from verse 19. Psalm 118, starting at verse 19. Open for me the gates of righteousness. I will enter and give thanks to the Lord. This is the gate of the Lord, through which the righteous may enter. I will give thanks, for you answered me, and you have become my salvation. The stone the builders rejected has become the capstone. The Lord has done this, and it is marvelous in our eyes. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. And now verse 25, the verse that gives us the word Hosanna. O Lord, save us. O Lord, grant us success. 
Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. From the house of the Lord, we bless you. This word, Hosanna, can be rightly translated as, Save us, we pray, or save us, we beg of you. These crowds were crying out for Jesus to save them. These broken and lowly people knew their condition. They recognized that they were helpless in their own strength. They needed a Savior, so they cried out to Jesus. And we can be confident that the crowds were referring to this passage in Psalm 118, for they repeat verse 26, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. So Hosanna is a cry for help, a cry for salvation, which only God can deliver. The second thing to note is the title, The Son of David. This is a reference directly related to the king of Israel. David was promised by God that he would always have a descendant upon the throne of Israel. Jesus was now being recognized as David's heir. The people were declaring Jesus to be the rightful king of Israel. And let's talk about this phrase, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Jesus entered into the city of David in the name of the Lord. This has significance. The phraseology references someone's fame and reputation. Coming in the name of someone meant that they were acting as that person's representative. So Jesus was acting as God's ambassador. The fame and reputation of God was upon him. And really, who else could carry the weight of the Lord's reputation? And this expression, it was also a response to the crowds crying out of Hosanna. It was an answer to their own call for help. You see, Hosanna is quickly followed by, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. So in one sense, Hosanna was a desperate plea. But in another, it was also a shout for joy. Because the one who would rescue them was now riding into their city. And this leads us to the last line. Hosanna in the highest. God is the highest. So Hosanna in the highest can be rightly translated as salvation is from God. God is the one who saves. So when we put this all together, what do we see the crowd saying here? Save us, please, O King of Israel. Blessed are you who represents our God. Salvation comes from our God. It's so true, is it not? The crowds, they were correct in their praise of Jesus. For he had come to rescue them. And he came to rescue you. Let's look at our last verses, verses 10 and 11. And when he entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred up, saying, Who is this? And the crowd said, This is a prophet, Jesus, from Nazareth of Galilee. 
Jesus had now entered into Jerusalem, and everyone was inquiring about him. Remember, this was Passover week, so people had traveled from all over. They'd come from distant lands, and for many, this was their first interaction with Jesus. This man riding into the city upon a donkey. So they were asking, who is this Jesus? Why are the crowds shouting, Hosanna? There was a tension building, and one could get the sense that something significant was about to happen. Yet inside the city, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, these religious leaders, they did not welcome their king with shouts of Hosanna. And they did not recognize their Messiah. They were not seeking salvation because they did not view themselves as lost. They didn't see that they were in trouble. Instead of praising their king, they plotted his death. Earlier in Matthew's Gospel, Jesus instructs us as to why he had come with these words. It is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. But go and learn what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice. For I have, for I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. This is Holy Week. It is a time to reflect and celebrate your Lord's death and resurrection. And on Palm Sunday, the church takes into view Jesus' triumph, his entrance into Jerusalem. Jesus knew his end was imminent, and entering into the city meant certain death. Those on the outside, they welcomed and praised their king. Those on the inside plotted to kill him. Which side do you fall on? Do you venture outside the city walls to receive him with shouts of Hosanna? Save us, O Lord, please. Or do you stay inside the city, indignant and unwelcoming, holding on to your own righteousness and refusing to believe? Dear friends, without your heart being humbled, you cannot recognize Jesus for who he really is. Jesus comes to you humbly, riding on a donkey. He is your king. He is your savior. He comes to bring you peace. He doesn't ride in like Titus with an army behind him. Rather, his followers are proclaimers of good news. There are no white bulls to be sacrificed, but the sacrifice he offers is his own flesh and blood. And this is a sacrifice you need because your sins are great and many. Any who trust in this offering will be cleansed. They will be forgiven. For this is how your king saves. See, your king comes to you, gentle and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. Let us pray. Father, 
this triumphal entry of our King into your holy city foreshadows for us a future day that we look forward to. For the trumpets will blast and Jesus will return once again to consummate his kingdom. We shall be lifted up to welcome in our Savior as he returns to establish the new heavens and the new earth. Let us this day rejoice with shouts of Hosanna to the Son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Fill our hearts with the joy of Christ. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.